Welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. I'm Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. You're three for three today. Three for three. Three for three. This is Bobby Gaither, pastor of Hope Fellowship in Hillsboro, Oregon. Someday, your introduction is going to be so normal. I mean, like that, that, that you nail it every time that we're not going to have to bring it up. <laughs> Maybe. It, it Maybe will happen. Someday. Hey, so in today's podcast, what we want to talk about uh, is uh, the church... The role of the church in decision making, maybe. Yeah, you're looking that at me. You're looking at, oh, that's where I thought we were going. No, the, I'm, the I'm role of, okay, the role of the church in, in life issues, in life issues, in major life issues, and does the role of the church have it? Do you have? Does, do, the, does it have? Does it have a place? Does it have a place in your personal, you know, decision Should making? It? Should it? So, so we're gonna. We're gonna I don't want other people telling me what to do. <laughs> you do. Uh, <laughs> do what I want. That's right. Well, hey, so so here's just to outline today's topic, all right? Just to outline uh, how we're going to process through this. First, we're going to talk about identity. Identity. Identity is first. So we're going to repeat things you said. Okay, thanks. If you do that, it, it makes me sound gonna, really good, really smart. Well, good. So, and it, so I'm like validating all that you're saying. What is our identity as Christians, as believers? What is our primary identity? And then how does that identity affect and guide our decisions, especially in, we're going to look at three main life areas. Dun, dun, dun. Ready? Uh, the first, number one. The, number one, who do I marry? Who do I marry? What's the, like the most important or one of the most important relationships uh, in life. Important. Uh, two, um, where do, uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do okay. I do? Like work? Like stuff work. like that? Uh-huh. Like and hobbies? Then, like, well, I think hobbies could be a part of it, but I think for the, for the especially as men, we our identity a lot of times is work. strongly connected to work. Okay. Okay. And then lastly, the third one is um, where do I live? Okay. And I'm pulling this, by the way, uh, from uh, the book When the Church Was a Family. Uh, and uh, the author there identifies um, these as the three of the main areas in life that 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 form part of our identity okay um that that relate to our identity so so we're going to start off with body of christ so body of who, christ what well, who are we bobby ooh, what is our identity you're supposed to be the first one to answer that uh oh. <laughs> first peter i would say first peter uh i think it's two two nine 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 ish niner nine, i'm pretty sure it's nine uh but we we are Yep, I go two nine. Uh, okay, I don't have my, it open. You are a chosen race, Thank you. a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Thanks for giving me some time to get to that. By the way, I appreciate. It. I got you. <laughs> but but you had another passage as well. First Corinthians twelve. Go for it. Um, well, in first Corinthians 12, it just talks about how we are saved to be the body of Christ. Um, it says like in first Corinthians 12, 14 for the body does not consist of one member, but of many, uh, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body that would make any less part of the body. Um, verse 18 says, but as it is, God arranged members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be as it is? There are many parts yet one body. And his whole point is that. As, as we come together uh, into the church, we all form the body of Christ, meaning we're all needed, we're all necessary, we're all gifted differently. Um, yeah, so part of our identity 
as you were pointing out in First Peter, is that we are God's people. And here Paul is saying, especially in the local church, the local church, uh, we form the very body of Christ and that we're all gifted for the purpose of edifying the church. Well, I want to make one more point, too. I mean, Jesus, uh, as he's teaching, uh, this is, I mean, you can find this in Mark and, and in Matthew, Mark 3, Matthew 12, even in Luke, Luke 8. Um, he's teaching and, and what's happening is his brothers and sisters are coming. His mom is coming to kind of, you know, in their mind, stop the crazy. Because Jesus is saying things that that is eat my flesh, drink my yeah, blood, stuff like that, and and uh, and they just don't get it yet. They don't get it yet, right? And and someone comes to him and says, "Hey, Jesus, your 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 mother and your brothers and sisters are outside. They're calling for They're you. Ready to take you home. They're ready to take you home. Get you off the stand, right?" Um, and he says, "Who are my brothers and sisters? Who 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 is my mother? Who is my father?" And he points to his disciples and he basically says, "This is my family." He's pointing at those who are doing God's will. He says, yeah. those who do God's will, this is my family. Over and above, those who are my flesh and blood. So you, you see this loyalty in Jesus to those who are a part of what will eventually become his church, right? The, the disciples, those who are doing the will of God. A loyalty to them over and above his bloodline. What? His family. Now, is that acceptable today? Uh, I, I would say for most modern Americans, no. What about modern American Christians? It, I'm saying, I think I'm including them in that. I don't think we understand that the family of the family, the first family we belong to, our primary family is the church. Yeah. Like that, that is my identity. Those are the people that I'm at home with. Yeah. Oh. That goes into, I think as you're talking about it, like Galatians chapter 4, where uh, by our faith in Christ, we become sons of God. And it says, so you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Like we become brothers and sisters of Christ, uh, children of God. <clears throat> That is now who we are. That is our identity. Yeah. Our identity has been changed. And, and I mean, you, you see it in, in John, even. I mean, Jesus talks about, and we said it in kind of in the last podcast, or maybe two podcasts ago uh, at this point, uh, that we were sons of the devil. Yeah. And we have been made sons of light, sons of God. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. So there, there is this new family formation that happens as we are born again. Yeah. And, and so, so that whole idea of being born again is very family orientated. It's we are born into his family. Right. As part of the church. The church is our family. And, and, and our, our primary, the family of, of our primary importance where life should exist and revolve around who and what your local church is doing. Like, oh, sorry, who your local church is and what they are doing. Right. Like the, our life activities, because we have been changed from the root, from, I mean, given new birth, um, the church becomes our primary relationships in which we do life. Right. We see that in Acts 2 as well, by the way. Um, that's what Acts 2.40, 2.42 is all about. Uh, so I, I, I set that up because... In today's modern culture, 
we don't like to belong to groups. And if we do, it's, it's a membership that we can uh, participate and revoke or we can step in and step out whenever we want. There's not much permanency in the groups that we participate in nowadays. We're very individualistic. We live in an individualistic, a rugged individualism uh, of America. Rugged individualism. The rugged individualism of Makes America. Makes it kind of sound cool. Well, it is cool. I mean, yeah, it, right? It is. It's, I mean, here in America. It, yeah. But, but you look at most of the other societies of the world and you see a collectivist society. And I would say even the society, the society of the day when the, when the church was being formed, Jesus society was a collectivist society. Yeah, much more the, communal, the, the depending culture, upon one another. Yes, I mean there when, when someone when, when the elderly got old, they didn't put them into nursing homes. They they brought them into their houses. Yep. They cared for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so everything stays within the family. Within the family communities the family depend upon each, each other. other for survival. And we see that in a lot of other places in the world, um, but especially here in America. Now there's great. Great pros to individualism, too. There's a lot of wonderful things that happen there. Um, so we don't want to, to to bash on that, but there are shortcomings, and I think that's what you want to direct us towards today. Well, let me, let me, let me say Go this, uh, uh, and, then, and then take off from, from there. The individualism puts the individual ahead of the group. A collectivist, collectivism mentality puts the, the needs and the mission of the group ahead of the individual right and so there's there's a difference there yes. uh, and 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 that orientation is a big part of what's going to help us weed out or should i say just kind of uh fetter out some of these conversations we're going to have today about the most important things in life which are what well, life or who, who you life, marry who you marry where you work what what you, what you, do, what you do and and where you live yeah. um and, and I, I guess I'd say this, too, as we begin the conversation. I, I think there, this is an area that is kind of not taught on a lot in the church. So I think what we're trying to press on is not something that I don't think Christians willingly, I, I think I'd say it like this, are not willingly pushing against I think a lot of it's ignorance that they haven't been taught. It hasn't been demonstrated. Like we are not, uh, maybe through preaching and through other teaching, we have not seen how uh, the wisdom of the church yeah. is really to impact all these other lives. Like we, we saw, uh, like all these aspects in our life. A lot of times, I think we know that we, we come to church on Sundays and it impacts certain things. But how does it impact? all of my decisions. And so what we're going to be talking about is, is trying to highlight and inform that, Hey, where you work, who you marry, what you do and where you live. I think I said four, but yeah, that's really three, uh, is to be also informed by the church. Like we're to bring in the wisdom of the body into these decisions and not to act autonomously in them because we are prone to blindness. We're prone to sin. And, in order for me to sometimes be aware of sin, I need others pointing that out in me because if I'm pursuing marriage and I'm head over heels over this girl, I may not see things that I should be seeing 
because of just blindness, because of lust, because of, you know, who knows, whatever. Well, let's start right there. Let's go. Let's start. So, uh, marriage. 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 That was a uh, great movie. Thank you. Yes, it was. I, I thought you were complimenting my. That was a great, great uh, impression. Impression. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate of, that. Uh, a Princess Bride. Yes. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, I mean, this is one of the most important issues. I mean, I dated my wife four years four years four, we dated four long stinking years wonderful years but uh because this is such a big deal yeah because if we understand what marriage is and how it's supposed to represent the gospel who we partner with in life is huge yeah it, it, it well i mean let, let's just like Jump into that. Uh, Ephesians 5. You are called to shepherd your wife and to love her as Christ loves the church. Meaning laying down your life, sacrificing yourself for her good. Mm-hmm. And, and she is to desire to submit to you as the church does Christ. I mean, these are not roles that we should jump into half-heartedly and in fact your relationship with your wife is yeah. to point to the relationship between christ and the church is to be a, a picture of that um and yet and yet what happens so much like well we're sinners so often two people <laughs> they they get to know each other they fall in love and they get married and they a lot of times don't even ask what other people's opinion are or i know of many cases where Someone is pursuing marriage, and and a group of people from the church or their family come to them, and they say, hey, I don't think this is a good idea. And they give reasons why they don't believe this person's right for them. And I don't think I've ever seen that go well. You're normally, the person yeah. who who is desiring the marriage, desiring you know the relationship, they ignore the group, and they go after the marriage. But I'll say this. I don't think that I've ever seen one of those marriages work out well then either. A lot of times, they usually end in divorce or a lot of problems. And a lot of it is because that person did not want to listen to to what the church or their family had to say. So let's talk about the the role of the church in that and how to choose a mate because there is no, I mean, the biblical examples we have in the Bible of how to choose a mate. I mean, the most, the the ones that I can think of, they're all arranged marriages. Uh, We can go back to that. Okay. So that, that doesn't happen. That's what I'm going to do for my daughter. You uh, listen to that, Hannah? I got you. (laughs) Yep. JJ, Jordan, same thing. Uh, and that that wouldn't fly today, right? Right. But what you're talking about is how the church or how others that are part of the body or others that know them can speak into their life and say, "Okay, you like this person." The, the, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to use the L word because you, you don't know what love you is. You said yet. like, no love. Oh, um, the pheromones are flying. Right. You are physically attracted to that person. Is that all it takes to have a? a a successful marriage is that is is it is that what's really required because there's a lot of attractive people out there there's a lot of people you could be attracted to does that mean marriage is going to work with them right like what are the things that that require that are required for a marriage to resemble the gospel 
And, and in, in situations like this, I, mean, I think of, I, I had a mentor. In fact, I had two, maybe three mentors during those four years with Tiffany. Did they tell you to wait four years? Um, I, I'd like to dig into this, no, actually. No, what, one of them one of them. What happened me, for four years? <laughs> one like, of them, so, so listen. Were you scared? Was she scared? No, yes and yes. And, and, and there's godly wisdom. There's godly <laughs> wisdom. And then there's. Some of the wisdom I was giving. <laughs> so, so even if it comes from the church, you still have to test it, right? Yeah. One, one of the, the, the sayings that was given to me is, Bob, pooper, get off the pot. Like, <laughs> like either, either you're going to go and marry this woman or, like, step away and step back. Buy and a ring, man. That's, and that was kind of it. it just, okay, so if you're in a small Christian college context, please listen to this. If you graduate and you're 25, uh, you're not an old school marm. It doesn't mean you'll never get married. Uh, life is not the, the window is not closing in on you. <laughs> That's a subculture in the Christian college context that really is just not true. There's something in my school. I don't remember the first part of it, but it was ring by spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or your money back. Yeah. Yeah. And and so so there was a sense in which I still had godly counsel. And, and some of that godly counsel was, Bob, don't be alone with her. Uh, uh, be together in groups. Um, uh, I mean, just to be really blunt, stop making out on the couch. You know, that's, it's going to lead you into sin. Uh, and I, great godly wisdom, great godly counsel. Uh, but the counsel that I had as far as determining whether or not she was the right one to marry, it, it was all about her character. Hmm. Okay, who is she? What is she about? Uh, who does she love? Does, yeah. she, does she look at the gospel the same way you look at the gospel? How does she understand the gospel? How does she understand marriage? Okay, she's from a broken family. You're from a broken family. How do you think that's going to play out? Uh, yeah. so, so I think it, the four years was what we needed, to tell you the truth. And... By God's grace, we've both had mentors. We've both had people yeah. as part of the church speaking into our lives, helping us do as best we can to have a godly relationship before marriage. Well, and I think that's what we're trying to press in on is, is when you're pursuing someone for marriage, uh, and this, this is either when you're younger or older, you need to bring in other people to, to help. Are you seeing things right? Is this is this person loving Christ? Are you yeah. loving Christ? Are you shepherding them right? Um, highlighting things that you might not see. And this isn't to say that the church or others are always going to be right. However, um, as we come, as we, we set up this talk as our identity is in the body of Christ. And one thing we know is that as believers, we are given the very spirit of God. And so there are, there are at least two ways that God speaks to us, right? Through his word, and, and that is the most clear way, through his inerrant and infallible word. But also, many times he will use other Christians yeah. with the spirit of God in them to speak, to, to, to bring wisdom in our situation. And, and we need to submit to that. We need to realize that 
I am not the the one that sees everything clearly. I need to bring in other people mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, that I'm looking at this accurately, to question me, uh, to question if this is really the way I should go. Is this person, you know, do, should we pursue marriage together? Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think... Um, I'm just thinking of, you know, right before the the marriage passage in Ephesians 5 is we're called to submit ourselves to one another. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's... But it's, not not in big things, right? Uh, well, I think that's in all things. I, th- I think it's a general principle. Yeah. Now, again, we test that against the Word of God. We test that against... Uh, we pray, you know. Uh, we seek multiple counselors. You know, I'm thinking of uh, the Proverbs passage that you were mentioning. Yeah, I got that um, in Proverbs 11... 14, where there's no guidance that people falls, but an abundance of counselors, there is safety. We want to bring in people yeah. for wisdom, for yeah. counsel. Yeah. Well, and, and, and for, we'll hit that in the next one when we talk about uh, uh, work and vocation. Um, it's also a good thing. But just specifically in the context of marriage, uh, I know I had multiple people telling me during those four years, Bob, you ain't going to get any better. <laughs> Not just her friends. Put a ring but, on it quick. <laughs> uh, that's right. If you like it, then you better put a ring on it. So, um, I, yes, I did just quote that song. Um, <laughs> Nick, is, Nick is smiling at me like, oh, my gosh, what did we just get ourselves into? Um, yeah, I, I, I think here's the thing about relationships, and maybe we can move on after this, um, unless you got something else to say. This is one of those very personal areas that by nature we don't want to open ourselves up to because of who we because when the heart gets attached to something or someone the heart is an idol factory and we can just hold on to that idol with all of our desirous might right and there is nothing stronger than a romantic love on earth. I mean, no fleshly desire that's stronger. Right. There's godly desire that's stronger, but there's no fleshly desire that's stronger than, than something that would be a romantic love. And so th- that can quickly become an idol. And so as you're looking, as here's be, here'd be my two cents, and then you go give yours as well. If you're looking to marry someone, if you're in that phase of relationship with someone, seek counsel from people who know you. Seek counsel from people who see the both of you uh, act and interact together. Do things together. Do things in a group. Seek counsel and wisdom from people older than you. Well, Um, let's press this a little bit farther than just getting into marriage. Once you're married also. Yeah, that's great. I think just so often we bottle everything up. We think that it's no one else's business. And, And while there needs to be, you know, wisdom and discernment there, you don't need to share you know, air out your laundry with everyone, but pick one or two guys, pick one or two women that you can go to, that yeah. you can open up and you can say, Hey, this is where I'm struggling. Uh, because natural tendency for us is to see the sin of the other person. But we so often are blind to how our sins are contributing to whatever you yeah. know, argument or fight that we're in. Um, we need to bring in other people before we get married and in our marriage, uh, it takes, I think, a community of people to really stay married now. Yes. I, I need people speaking into me, 
praying for me, praying that I have wisdom, praying that I am patient, praying that I am gentle, praying that I would be aware of my sins, praying that I would kill my sin daily if I'm to grow in my love and shepherd my wife well. So, yeah. Yeah, and I would, I would, I would tack on to that. Um, uh, marriage counseling is, is best when you're not in crisis. Um, it's good in crisis too. Yeah. Uh, but man, getting get, uh, just a, a checkup, so to speak, uh, and processing through with someone else, a counselor or a pastor, um, just how your marriage, how you and your wife are communicating. Um, and I'll say this, this has been Chris Gorman for us. We were talking about this earlier. This has been Chris Gorman that for Chris us. Gorman that Chris Gorman guy is amazing. He is. He's wonderful. Uh, but he's, he's been our pastor and, and has been such a wonderful um, a benefit to Tiffany and I just over the last uh, six months, especially just in our conversations. And, and being that the wisdom of the church for us who can see both sides from the outside right. because we want our marriage to resemble the gospel. Right. Um, because that's our first family and we want the rest of our family to resemble. Yeah. So I, I would encourage, um, pick, pick one marriage book a year Yeah, and read it with your wife, read it with your spouse. What's yours? Um, Do you have one? Not this moment. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just giving out ideas. Okay. I would say ours, uh, the meaning of marriage, Timothy Keller. Yep. We, we use it. I use it for premarital counseling. I think I've mentioned it before. Tiff and I go through it once every five years. I think we're due to go through it again next year. Um, we'll do it. We'll, we'll go through it again and again. I'm sure there's others that will come up. Yeah. Um, but just something that books are good because they can bring up topics, bring up conversations that either you don't realize or you just, um, or you sometimes avoid, uh, but they kind of bring those up. So that could be a good, we'll, we'll throw a couple, uh, good, uh, marriage books on the website. So, so that's who we marry and, and how we stay married really. Yeah, yeah. And then about, how about what we do? Yeah. Hey, question. Was there for you outside confirmation? And you stepping into the role of pastor. Yes. So when, so I was graduating college, pre-med, getting ready, wrestling with med school and stuff like that. And not knowing really what to do. Um, I then started volunteering in a friend at a friend's church in the youth ministry. And as soon as I started volunteering, for one, just within me, I knew this was God was leading. Like, I just knew. Uh, throughout my life, people had said I should probably either pursue a doctorate um, or in the ministry. And I had never really considered the ministry, but it was when I was in college and I started volunteering. That's where I, I really began to feel that way. And as I began to volunteer, not only did, did I sense that confirmation by the Spirit, but I had others, uh, friends, a pastor, all validate, yes, we definitely see that you are called into ministry. Um, so that was very, very helpful. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I, I would say the same, um, both from uh, mentors in college, uh, even before I thought ministry was an option. Uh, but I didn't want to go into ministry. I honestly was looking for... Uh, I heard one person say, uh, if you can do anything else but be a pastor, go do that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. And, and so I try. I don't know if I agree with that, <laughs> but I've but, heard that. And, and I think part of, 
part of it for me is I, I wanted confirmation. Yeah. Uh, both in and of my own self, but also from those around me uh, that that would affirm that, yeah, this is, yeah, this isn't just me wanting this. This is others affirming that this is how I'm wired or what I'm skilled for or uh, um, what I'm designed for. And, and here's, you know, just, of course, we're both pastors. And so we are just, just the way the church is set up. We're supposed to be affirmed as elders anyhow. Okay, so the church is set up that way, um, it's, especially if it's a plurality, right, of, of elders, uh, if it's that kind of church. But if you're looking at a different vocational ministry, how does the wisdom of the church, people inside the church, pastors inside the church, lay people inside the church, how do they inform or influence what profession one might go into? What would that look like? Well, you know, I, I think it's just having people in your life that you're, that you're doing life with, that maybe accountability or Bible studies with or, or table groups, but that you're bringing in. You know, if you're in college, you have other people praying for you as you're wrestling with what job you're going to do. Uh, and when you get job offers, you bring it to the church also. Now, that doesn't mean it, it comes up on a Sunday morning and we all vote for it, but you might have one, two, maybe three guys. Uh, maybe it's larger, maybe it's smaller, but... You have people that you're bringing that to. You have other people who are speaking into that. Um, and I think that goes into getting into your job the first time, but I think also those job promotions. So often when someone offers us the promotion, we just take it. We go, well, great, there's more money. But what does that promotion look like? Sometimes that promotion is, oh, it's going to move you. All right. Do we believe that we should be moved? Uh, sometimes that promotion means you're going to be traveling a lot more and spend a lot less time with your family. Is that okay? Are you doing that? Are you taking the promotion for the money only? Um, other things need to be factored in on that, which, which according to God's word and that our identity now is with the body of Christ, we're just simply saying that needs to impact and affect uh, you know, the, the church needs to affect the way we think through those things. So, so as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, okay, so how do I help someone who is determining what they're going to do or what job to take? How do I help counsel them? And my, my first response is ask questions. Ask a lot of questions. Ask good questions about, about how this affects your first family. Does this, does this give you an opportunity to serve the gospel, right. to be a part of the body more or less? In what ways? Ask about your primary family. Does this give you more or less of a chance to serve your wife and your kids? In what ways? And then, I mean, ask about community. Does this give you more or less of a chance to, to infect or affect. Did you say infect? I did, but it sh- it, and, and I, I do mean it. <laughs> the disease. Well, the gospel, the community with the gospel. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so it's not, and you kind of went there, the individualist, right? The, an individualistic outlook would say, okay, well, that means I get more money. That's good for me. I'm taking it. Right. A collectivist, okay, someone who's, whose primary identity is inside the body of Christ is going to think, how does this serve our church, how does this serve the gospel? Right. How, and, and really, it's not just these four walls. We're talking about the kingdom. Right. It's not about your local church per se. 
your local church is part of the greater church, the capital C church, and we're advancing the kingdom of God. So looking at, okay, what job do I take? What promotion do I take? Uh, and re- realizing that I mean, if you become a lawyer, your identity is not a lawyer. You're a Christian who practices law. Yes. Like we need to see these things accurately. Like as pastors, we are Christians who get to preach and teach the word for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, but our primary identity isn't a pastor. Your primary identity isn't isn't a lawyer, isn't even a father. Your primary identity is a child of God yeah. who gets to show his children the love of the father. You know, so we want to make sure that our our identity is rooted in Christ, in the body of Christ as yeah. a child of God, that everything else we do is an expression of that. Um, yeah. And I try to, I tell our body, I'm one of the sheep before I'm a shepherd. Yeah. I'm, I am one of the flock and, and, uh, and we can't, especially as pastors get into that position to think that we're separated from them. No, we're, we're part of it. Um, and so, so what is, what does work look like? What is determining what job to take, what promotion to take look like in the body of Christ? Uh, and, and I would say, and I think this is what you're saying too, is we seek the wisdom of those inside the church, um, for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of advancing forth the kingdom. I mean, there's there's no magic grid. We're going to pray with you also. Yeah. Uh, we're going to seek God's will. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we're, we're going to give wisdom as we, we see. Uh, but don't think that you come to the church and we, we, we have you fill out this uh, this answer sheet. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, clearly this is the way you go. No. Uh, yeah. we We take all the knowledge that we have with the wisdom that we have in Christ, and we try to make the best decision with yeah. it. It's like Paul, uh, and, and I forget, it's like Acts 16, 17, but where's he going? He's going up north, he's going to, he's going somewhere, but then God, uh, the Holy Spirit changes, and he ends up going to Macedonia. Mm-hmm. So in all of his information, he thought he, man, I'm blanking on where, he, he thought he was going to go up north, ends up, he goes south, or, or wherever that is, and he ends up going towards Macedonia. But he made the decision the best with the, all the He was trying to get to Rome. Was it tr- to Rome? I want to say Rome. I don't remember. Could be we, Spain. We turn to it, but yep. it's in the book of Acts. But what I love about that is here's a guy. He has all of his information. He does what he thinks is best, and then the spirit changes. And that's what we want to do. We want to come alongside each other that we make the best decisions and then still be open that the spirit guides us wherever he calls us to. Well, and, and not to downplay, you know, the role of tools like surveys that help identify strengths and weaknesses and so forth. I'm going to downplay those. Okay, you can downplay them. Bobby I, uses those I all think, the time. I don't. But I still <laughs> – I, I do think they're valuable. It's valuable to know, hey, these are the strengths. These are the things that I'm good at. This is operating in my wheelhouse. Ooh, okay, so future podcast. All right, do we operate within our strengths or our weaknesses? This is where Bobby and I are going to go toe-to-toe. Okay. I can feel it. Okay. All right, so All right. let's go to the next one, though, because okay. uh, that's fun. I'm ready to go on that really, one. Oh, gosh, yes. Where do we live? Where do we live? Where do we live? Um, so America? So how the do great we... great Northwest? How do we look at... How do we, how do we lean into the wisdom of the church when determining... Where to live. And, and I know you have, I think we both have some examples that might, that teeter on the opposites, that we, they really teeter. Uh, well, okay. Well, with, what with are prob- factors that, that if we're going to choose a house, yes. let, let's say, got a new job, yep. 
We're moving to a new place. What are the factors? What's a good education? Where's the best school? School. Uh, where close to shopping? Safety neighborhood. Ooh, safe neighborhood. Love those. Um, I don't know. Maybe where's Costco? I love Costco. Costco is is my. I tell the people there they are my most expensive friends. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't think I could leave Costco. Um, but you know, I would say an area that often just does not make the, the radar is church. Yeah. And what happens is everything else. I mean, we're thinking about where's the best school at, where's the shopping, safe neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, we move there and we're like, Oh, now we got to find a church. Um, but if our primary identity is the body of Christ, mm-hmm. then shouldn't that also determine the neighborhoods that we live in, where we're going to go? I think it should. I, and, and that's, we're obviously saying the answer is yes. Yes. We're saying, I mean, that, if you're listening to this, <laughs> go to church. Well, <laughs> well, if you're listening to this, which you are, because otherwise you wouldn't be listening. Uh, <laughs> the church and the mission of the church, if, if we are the people of God, and we are part of his kingdom. His mission is forefront in our lives. So where we live in, in relation to the church and its mission should be one of the first things we think about. And if it isn't, and, I, and I'm, you know, I, I can be convicted on this too. Um, if it isn't, then the church might not be our first priority. Because we have time and resources for whatever priorities we have. The question is, is are they our priorities? Yeah. Now, I, I want to be careful. And, and I would say if you're, if you're moving somewhere, talk to your local church. Talk to the church you're a part of. Ask if they have networks. Ask if they know of other churches where yeah. you're going. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this isn't like we have no resources now. I mean, we live in 20, 2019. We got internet and everything else. Uh, go, go on to thegospelcoalition.org. You can find churches. Uh, Ninemarks.org, yeah. I think, that you can find good churches there. Uh, through your own denomination, there might be good churches that you can find, uh, through pastors or friends, uh, who you have association with, you can find good churches with. So, so here's, here's part of that. And here's the different things to consider when, when living missionally, you know, uh, uh, when you want to be subject to the mission of your church, um, obviously being local to the church is, is probably of uh, probably the of primary um, strategic uh, uh, influence or, or play. What am I trying to say here? Living close to the church is going to be one of the most strategic moves uh, you can make as a member of that church body. Right. Now we have members at our church uh, in Dundee, 35 minutes South. We have members in Bethany, uh, 20 25 minutes northwest. But honestly, east. with your preaching, uh, you're going to draw people oh gosh, from like no, stop it. an hour away. But but here's the deal. No, I mean that. You're good. We, if you haven't listened to uh, uh, Hope Fellowship, what was it? Hopefellowship.life? Yeah, you guys should jump on and listen to Bobby preach. He's good. 
killing me. Okay. You are. Thank you. I appreciate I mean it. that. I really value your preaching. <laughs> I don't always know if you mean it. I do. I love you, man. I'm a I little sick right now, so my, my, my sincerity might be <laughs> skewed as sarcasm. But no, Bobby's amazing. You guys should totally listen to him. Okay. So back to the where to live, right? Where to live. Where to live. As a church, here's, here's what I would as a pastor pray for. I'd pray for people that are in our neighborhood that are wanting to engage with the people around our property or in, in our in our city in a way that they are gospel light to their neighbors yeah and and that our light grows stronger in the community that's right around here and we do we have a, few, uh, a guy who lives right over there uh two blocks down we have another guy who lives uh, about four blocks down that way i mean i obviously live on the property i see where he's pointing uh, people just so you're yes. wondering so i'm pointing um and, and that's one of the most helpful things, or it can be one of the most helpful things if, if your life is, is, is steeped with the church family. Yeah. Living around the church, if you live around the church and your life is not steeped with the church family, then you just happen to live around the church and it's convenient. But, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about making important decisions according to... And, and being influenced by the the wisdom of the church. Yeah, we really believe that the godly counsel, that God has given us his spirit for the purpose of godly counsel. I mean, that we would, I mean, the spirit knows the mind of God. We read that in 1 Corinthians 2. Um, 2 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 2. I think it's 1 Corinthians 2. Blank Somewhere me. in the Bible. Somewhere in the Bible. And, and we, we want to make sure that when we're going through life wrestling with issues, whether it's marriage, whether it's our job, whether it's money and finances, whether it's where we live, um, how we parent, we want to bring in others to these things. We want to bring in counsel, not just so that we would know better what to do, but also so that if there is sin in our life, if there's things that we're missing, that others would be able to point that out. Um, We want to teach our children. We want to shepherd others to show them our dependency upon the church. Uh, we can do life. We can teach our kids that we go to church, uh, but the church doesn't have much of an impact on us. We want to do the opposite of that, show how, man, the church affects all of our life. So so I know that, that this issue specifically is, is, is impactful to you, especially as someone who is in a military-based town, hmm. right? And, and maybe share a little bit about you know, how you've thought through this and, and where to live and regards to the church, like what, what's right in front of you. So with the military, it's interesting because roughly every three years they're going to be moving and, and they don't really get a choice in it. So they're just going to be told, you know, pick up, go here. And Mitch, right? Mitch is in Alaska right now. Shout out to Mitch. Shout out Mitch. Um, and in fact, uh, I don't know where, where they've landed. I know that they've been, they've been, looking for a good ch- church and they, they've tried a few. I haven't talked to them lately on, on where they're at there. Uh, so with the military, you're not getting so much thought in that. You know, it's not like you really get to decide if this is where I'm moving or not. Um, but uh, the, I think then the responsibility becomes, you know, how will I find that church? And someone like Mitch, we did, we talked about churches. We actually got on websites. We looked, we pulled up a few. Um, I, I think I directed him to some and, and they ended up not working out real well. Uh, sorry, Mitch, but, but it was neat in that process. Uh, we prayed about it 
Uh, we talked about churches. We talked about the importance of churches. Um, and I, I think that that, that was a, a valuable way that we went through that. Um, and so for the military, they, as they're looking at, because oftentimes they'll move off base, I think they need to, um, as soon as they can, be, be looking at those churches as well. And not, not just worry about where the house is, but where's a good church, and let's make sure that, that we're positioned around that. Because for us, what we do is as military come in, we want to strengthen them. We want to love them as much as we can and see them grow in the Bible. Because we see them, they're going out as disciples, um, as missionaries to other parts of America often, where they're going to be able to strengthen other churches. So, um, Yeah, and, and, and here's part, um, it, it's interesting. I, I don't think this is common. I don't think this is common. This is a little bit of a turn. Um, uh, I've, I have seen it where um, some churches, specifically pastors, would take such a prominent role in determining where a person would move that it becomes a little overbearing. And, and I, I, that's not what we're advocating for. Right. We're not advocating your pastor, for, for your, your pastor. Not your dictator. And, and, and they're not the ones that should be looking through and giving you advice on which realtor, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you know, and, and, and specifically, well, this is close to this. And, and we, we have to be careful in that too. I mean, because there's a lot, yes, we want people to, to be near us. And that is a big help to the body. And that's a big help to the church. Um, uh, but it, influence and, and uh, is different than dictatorial right. leading. And on kind of the flip side of that, while Bobby is saying the church needs to be careful that they're not too strong in their influence, or as the individual, we don't let the church just sway our decision any which way, but we do need to let it give weight. And well, I, I would say when you have two, three, four other people and they're maybe giving you counsel in one direction when you were thinking of going another. I would not just brush them off. Yeah. Uh, when there are godly people who love you, who understand the situation, have been praying for you, and they're advising against a path that you might be on, uh, whether it's anything that we've talked about, I would not brush it aside. Now, well, are, they, are they inerrant? No, that's scripture. But God uses his people. There's wisdom there. And I would say, yes, let the church sway. Yes, let the church sway yes. you. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is it, it's not a – you still have personal freedom yes. there yes. to choose where to go. But if, if, you're, if your first inclination is to, is to not accept the wisdom or advice of the, those that are part of the church, ask yourself why. Right. Understand why that is before you reject it, because if it's if it's for um, reasons that are prone to yourself or that that are sinful reasons, then then maybe you need to humble yourself and ask, okay, so what do they see that I, I would probably don't? say that if you're not submitting to the church, there are definitely sinful reasons. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, yeah. there's no maybe, but, but but typically, you know, the church doesn't get to point out and say, you move here. You move. We here. should. Oh gosh! Here, Come on. He's being sarcastic. No way. I could do this. No, my goodness. I know God's will for your life. 
<laughs> Bobby, you should <laughs> you should come move up into uh, near me, and, and you should you should be a pastor with me at my church. Yeah, Let's go. See, see, yeah. Let's do it. That is God's will. Yeah, see, I jokingly say God loves you. I'm not I joking. For you. I know uh, God's will but, for uh, you. See, yeah. It, it, and, and that's what I'm trying to say is the church doesn't have – it's not scripture. It's not scripture. You know, thus saith the thus Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the pastor. Thus saith the church. Um, we're, we're Protestant. We don't believe in a pope that has infallible – that speaks infallible right. for God. So, so when the wisdom of the church is given, you have to match it up against the word and you have to match it up against what you see in, in, in yourself – and and in in life right. and and if it doesn't flesh out then you need to ask yourself why yeah uh and is it because you're not seeing it correctly uh so so back to uh, we talked about the wisdom of the church in three areas and marriage and work and where to live and, and we believe all those should be influenced yeah by the church by other godly christians you should have you should have influence People, uh, godly people, godly wisdom should influence big decisions in life. Definitely. Cool. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Sounds good. You want me to pray? Go for it. Father, we, uh, we thank you that you have saved us and given us your spirit. That, Lord, your counsel would be with us. And, Lord, we pray that um, as pastors and as Christians that we would be humble uh, to listening to others. To others, when they bring, when they when they bring up sin in our life, when they challenge maybe thought processes that we have, Lord, may we be humble. May we receive correction. May we receive the rebuke. May we just simply receive wisdom and advice by others. Um, God, help us to be open in those areas, knowing that you use our own brothers and sisters as a means of 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 shaping us, of guiding us. Uh, so, Father, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for your spirit uh, who gives us wisdom. And we thank you for other Christians. Uh, God, we pray that we would be a faithful people, a people who does follow you wherever it is that you would lead us, that we would act in accordance to your will. In your name, Jesus, amen. You've been listening to Satisfied in Christ, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. The end.